Surprise. <laughs> yeah. I got some good news for my daughter. This is pretty cool. Yeah. When did she tell you? Uh, she told me um, uh, right before we went down to uh, Brookstone to see um, uh, the sire and the bitch. Oh, okay. Uh, so you knew. So you knew about this for a little while. For, yeah, a little bit. So she wanted to know that I had, so I could get some questions and uh, prepare. And she had to make sure I'd be able to do it with my work schedule. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't as surprised as I thought you would be. We figured you were going to be real surprised. I was really surprised when she told me. I had no idea. I had no idea that she was uh, reaching out to you um, or anything. So I was awesome. I, I'm quite happy with uh, with my daughter with uh, independence and doing this. I mean, this is yeah. It was pretty cool. I thought I I agree. I thought it was cool. She reached out. Uh, she had a nice message to me, and she said, "Hey, my dad's uh, birthday's coming up, and I think I'd like to." You know, if there's to be possible, I'd like to see if we could do something. And I appreciate your support. You've been a, a, a big supporter of what we're doing, and I thank you for that. And um, I said, so finally I just said, uh, Ben and these guys, I said, I think I'm just going to reach out to this message that I got, and we'll set it up and, and, and line it up. So um, so we're going to do it. I, we've, got, we've got a 45-minute window, and I've got, I got to put a hard stop on it at 45 only because um, I've got my kids tonight. So my daughter, or one of our daughters has soccer, and... Uh, my wife is taking her, and and she, my wife is downstairs on a conference call right now as well, which might be part of the issue with the uh, with the Wi-Fi. But I think we're in shape, in good shape. Yeah, no, that sounds fine. That sounds great. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Yeah. So, uh, if you've, se- I don't know if you've seen any of the other. We've done a few of these now. Uh, ben, we've posted a few of them, huh? Um, yeah, I I listened. I went down to Kettle Moraine Hardwoods the other day, and I listened to the the, the first winners. Sure. Uh, on, on podcast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we've done a few. I've really enjoyed them. Um, I think they're, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things where it's nice because we can get some interaction back and forth. I, I, we do a, we, we make an effort to try to answer some questions that come to us by lots of different platforms. Um, and this is just another way to do it. It's a little more interactive way to do it. Um, and so I, I want the time to be yours as far as questions and I'm going to do my best to fire answers back. I think the one thing going into them that I always tell people is, um, you know, in an hour or 45 minutes, we're not solving the world's problems. What we can do though, is try to like specifically get into some details. And I think the best way that's the, that's the idea is to get the most out of this. So I want to kind of let you steer it a little bit. Um, now I'll let you kind of share where you're at dog wise, what the, what, what things are, you know, what things are on, on the horizon for you and give me, it'll help me. I have a touch of understanding, but it'll help me kind of get my mind in, in line with it too. And then we'll go from there. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, right now I have a, uh, two and a half year old, uh, lab, um, American, not a British. Um, and it, uh, we got him last minute, in February 2019, um, we were ready for a dog, family dog first, and I said it would be great if I could uh, uh, have a, a bird dog. Sure. I was like, yeah, this would be great. And uh, honestly, I wasn't ready. I don't think I, you'll ever be ready. It's like a kid. You'll never be yeah. ready for it. You think you have a, a understanding. I didn't. I read a couple uh, books. I thought I was ready. Um, had a really good foundation started, and then at five months, the, the wheels just kind of fell off with him. He turned five and he got the rebellious, yeah. right? And I struggled and I just so happened to uh, 
stumble upon your, uh, your hold conditions video on okay. YouTube. Okay. And that like and that was like at nine ten months he was struggling with delivery. I was like, oh, and he went through it. He did great. And then I kind of fell off with not training, but we just kind of had some really good momentum. And then uh, I, my mom got a dog, and I said, oh, there's this trainer in Green Bay, and we should we should look at his videos. And that's when you were starting Bella Be Good. Sure. And since then, I bought some of your products, and they work, and um, everything works. I've, I've emailed you a couple times, um, and I've always given me great advice. Um, so yeah. um, I'm just a little nervous with getting uh, a second dog. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit more focus. I know now how important it is to have just to know the end game yeah. before you start. Yeah. Right? And that's where I'm at now. I'm a little nervous with uh, bringing in a puppy with, with the culture and – and things like that. I don't know if it's nerves because it's not nerves. Like I, I, I know I can train the dog. It's nerves um, with the culture in the house with the other dog. Sure. Where are you and at? That, where are you at with that other dog? Um, so right now, um, last year was his first year of duck hunting. Um, quiet in the blind, steady in the blind. Um, he retrieves great. Uh, walks off. He, he's not finished. I mean, he's still he's he's green. He's wet behind the ears. Yeah. He's really good in the uplands for uh, pheasants. Um, he stays at that 25 yards. He checks in if he's out too far. Like he knows there's like there's a window where he goes and he stops and he waits. Yeah. Uh, sits to the flush, sits to the gunshot, um, things like that. Um, but I would there are some times like in the blind where I shot, we shot at ducks and uh, he couldn't see where he was in the blind and how it was. And then then he wanted to break. Sure. Because he wanted to mark. He was trying to get sure. the mark. Sure. And, and I understand that. So. Um, it's a, he's a work in progress. Yeah. Well, at that age, I would expect it to be, you know, like I've got um, dogs that are older than that, that I would, I would say they're work in progress. So I don't think that's anything to be, you know, um, hesitant, hesitant to admit to. I think that's no, I think that's reality. And I think, um, I don't think you're using it i don't think you're being defensive of it by any means or you, you understand it i don't think it's anything to be ashamed of i think you 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 know you're gonna say the same thing in two years with this new puppy that comes in so yeah. so i always say if i was to get invited to uh a duck hunt with a couple of buddies i wouldn't take my shotgun i would handle i would sure. just handle sure right he needs he needs the retreats under his belt he needs to know the culture and the duck blind yeah uh, and I don't want that excitement, my excitement to boil to boil him over because he feeds off it really well. Yeah. I mean, he really connects that way. Yes. Yeah. With, with me. So. Okay. So, yeah. so you've got one that's two, roughly two years old? Yeah. He'll be three in just January. So okay. two and a half. He'll okay. be two and a half when we get the. Okay. And then you've got a new one coming in. And so tell yeah. me about so that we're one. Getting, so um, your podcast, actually, during. Uh, very right before COVID, okay. I started getting into your podcast before the whole COVID happened, and I listened to one of your puppy pup podcasts, and you guys and you started mentioning kennels, and I was kind of always intrigued to having multiple dogs growing up. I got struck by uh, where the Redfern grows growing sure. up. I had a teacher yep. read it to us. Yep. You know, two dogs, like boy, wouldn't like two dogs. Right. And um, um, I called Josh to Josh down in Missouri, and uh, the first. 20 minutes were not about dogs at all. It was just about me as a person, him as a person, and it just felt right. Sure. Really important yeah. part of the puzzle, I think. Yeah, it just felt right. And he does some stuff with Followed Reality, and I watched his videos, and 
very similar to your style. And yep. I mentioned you, and he goes, yeah, we used to tool around down at Wild World when we were younger. Yep, yep. That's where um, I first met him. I, I really like Josh. I like what he's doing. I like his personality. Yeah. Um, I think he's got real very, real nice dogs and good guy. Oh, it, it's, it's that sorry. idea of picking the person um, – as much as the kennel it, when it comes to that. And I think Josh is a really good example of that. Yeah. And what's, what's really nice is uh, I, since we put our deposit down last year, every time I've emailed them, it's been within a day. Like sure. I get a response. If I call, I get a response. Sure. He's open. He's up front. There's, you don't pull punches. So I love it. Yeah. So I was look. I wanted a UK lab. Um, ours is, uh, is a great dog, um, but he's 65 pounds. He's tall. I would like a smaller dog because, sure. well, Two dogs is a lot in a car, yeah. in a truck. Yep. Um, and um, uh, we looked and we we picked on it would be this would be Bailey from Fenderwood's half sister is the bitch. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we it's a it's the the line is there. We're we're getting Patty. So it's a Patty and Amber from Brookstone. Sure. And um, the bloodline is awesome. I've seen them work. They're real patient. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm actually, I, we can't wait. She hasn't gone in, in heat yet, so we're, we're okay. waiting. She was supposed to be uh, already bred. We're, we were supposed to be June or July we were supposed to get her, but now we're waiting. Yeah, yeah, good. So you went, down, you went down and visited him, though, recently. Yeah, we went down, and we got to see his, uh, his setup, and we got to meet, um, meet him, and they sweet dogs, yeah. real sweet little dogs. Cool. Um, Real great dog. So we're really, I mean, that really put me and my wife and uh, my two children over the top. Yeah, like for we sure. Got to stay down there. And we're like, oh, we can't wait now. Let's wish we could take them home now. Yeah. Take, take her home now. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. I think I think that's a commitment that you made. And I do really believe in the idea of, you know, researching it as much as you can. And, and that's easy to do online. And this is a regurgitation of the podcast probably. But there's a lot of that stuff you can do from a computer. But then I think it's getting on the phone. I think it's talking. I think it's visiting and seeing and getting a feel for. Because you go with your gut on a lot of this stuff. And I think that you get a much better understanding for the people that you're working with face to face. And so I'm a big yeah. – I'm a, I, I, I have a deposit down on a puppy right now. Um, a, a setter puppy actually. And I – it took me three years. I talked with, I bet, close to a dozen. I don't, not that many, but close to a dozen, ten anyway. Different kennels via email, phone call. Pretty serious with with a few of them, right down to the point of like these. The 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 kennel that I decided to go with, I drove to Minnesota uh, and visited them and spent a half a day or better with them and. When I left there, I went. I made the right decision. This is these are the people that I I'm, I want to get the puppy from, and um, so it's this. It's it's not a. It's a different approach than some. It's not you know when I was younger, it was uh, you opened up the paper on Saturday morning and you saw puppies ready to go home, so you went and picked one up. Like it was just it was. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just I th- have have seen it way too many times where and heard the story way too many times of, I wish I would have done my homework a little bit more, you know? And so yeah. maybe, maybe I'm taking it a little bit to the next de- degree of commitment to that, but it's because I really think that that's a, that's a big commitment you're making for a long time, hopefully a long, long time. It's never long enough, but those puppies are going to be with you for a long time and you do everything you can yeah. up front to stack the deck in your favor. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. So with the puppy we got for uh, my dog, my lab now, my, the male, 
Uh, hunting's in his line. He's not a trial dog. Hunting's in his line. He, I mean, he is great. He's got a great nose. It's sure. just, he's stubborn. I've never, he's a stubborn, he's a stubborn dog. So it just, yeah. you know, you know, and I, and I, and I, I don't use a collar and, and things like that. And it's yeah. like, I called multiple kennels and I said, um, I called, I called Riverstone. Sure. Right here. Right. And, and, and where are you really, from? I'm Madison. I live in Madison. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, and I called and I was like, Hey, um, and I talked and I asked if, uh, do you think your dogs need an e-collar? Do they need a collar to be, to be trained? And he goes, no, but we prefer it. And we think our line is going to like, they, that's how we prefer. And I said, well, it's not a risk I want to take. Sure. I mean, sure. Yeah. And I, you know, a risk. Yeah. And I know, um, I know Josh over there as well. And, um, it's a style. It's just a style that they that they have. Is nothing. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. It's it's preference, and I think it's you, it's really important to match up preference when you when you're looking at doing this. So cool. So 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 what from from a question standpoint? So you had a little bit of time to you had a little bit of time to prepare for this. I didn't catch you totally off guard. What what's on yeah. your list of what's on your list of stuff that you wanted to talk on? Um, so f- first for the puppy, so uh, we have land in, in Ashland um, area. Okay. Uh, I'm a grouse hunter. I do a lot of yep. grouse hunting. Sure. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm really excited to see uh, you with your setter. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> you, may sway, you, may, you may sway me a little, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but so is there anything specific um, now that you've been doing it and if you were going to start your a personal puppy that you would do just for grouse, like that you would add into the mix with training. No, so and you're talking on a flushing dog. You're talking on a Labrador. Yeah, right? yeah a lab. Yeah, a no, lab. I I don't. I don't think there's anything special. Okay. I think I think what I think it, regardless of the end destination, whatever it is you're trying to go towards. If you want a grouse dog, a pheasant dog, a duck dog, a tracking dog, shed dog, yeah. doesn't matter. I think that you, there will be things that along that journey you're going to start to narrow narrow it down. Um and dial it in more specific, but starting out with that puppy, I don't think it changes one bit in my mind of a foundation first, especially knowing. So, so you guys live near Madison. How many, how many weekends a year do you grouse hunt? Now you got land up in Ashland. Uh, is that what you said? Yeah, we have 40 acres, um, in, on the, uh, adjacent to the Bibbon swamp. Okay. And then we're, we're like 15 within a 15 mile radius. There's probably, a dozen uh places to hunt yeah now camp up there do you have a camp or something cottage cabin or it's a cat it's a house but we call it our cabin sure so how often do you go up there in the fall um in the fall we're up there probably two three times a month okay so over that over let's just say the grouse season is a 90 day window or roughly three month window you're up there six to eight times probably yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I look at that and I go, you probably do it. You're going to do it. If, if that's the, if you do it with that consistency, you're doing it more than 90% of the guys that grouse hunt. Like the, the, there's, there's not, a, there's a lot of people that grouse hunt one, two, three weekends out of the year because they're bull hunting, because they're duck hunting, because they're this, whatever. And, and that's, I, I, I get it. What I, what I, the point I'm trying to make is you're going to do it a lot more than most people. And it's still only eight times a year, you know? So I look at it and I go, 
if you have this mentality, and I, I hear this a lot with hunting dogs, and I hear it a lot with the gung-ho hunting dog trainer guys, and I, I shouldn't say guys, it's, I say guys, I mean people, but these hardcore hunters that are going to raise these dogs to be these hunting dogs, and all we got to do is worry about birds, and all we got to do is worry about building drive, and all. And, and I hear them say this, and then I fi- and then I recognize and realize they do it four to six times a year. I go, but what about the other fifty weekends? What about the other forty-five weekends of the year? So it does. It never fails. Even an outfitter, even a guide that hunts the entire season, I look at it and I go, it's a quarter of the year. Three quarters of the year is not. And I'm not a I'm not a big proponent of the idea. Me pers- this is me personally. I'm not I, I have dogs for much more enjoyment than just during the hunting season. So the 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 thing that doesn't change is that's that foundation. And it, and in order to do the hunting stuff the way you want to do it, you're gonna have to have it. And in order to do the other stuff that's not hunting, you're gonna have to have it as well. So um I I one hundred percent I think like you, are you gonna do some uh, gun dog work with it with it too? Are you you're not just yeah, just gonna upland hunt with it? Well, it'll be uh, upland gun dog uh, sheds and tracking. Yeah, so you're gonna do like what I do with most of my dogs, a little bit of yeah. everything, and so the steadiness part I think needs to be put in, but the steadiness yes. part helps you in the gun dog world, but then it also helps you in the soccer game world on Saturday weekends. And it helps you in camping, you know, this spring when you're going trout fishing and it's going to help you with lots of different things. So I think you stay that course of foundation and the cultural part, you mentioned cultural part before with how this puppy is going to fit into your house. So I look at that and I go, it's the, the environment around it is very much going to dictate a lot of the outcome. So if there's concern there, I look at that between now and then because the puppy's not even been bred yet. So we're talking a minimum of 63 days plus whatever, whenever it's between now and when it's bred. So that's already two months. And so let's just say it's another a month. You got at the minimum, you got three months. Now I think my, my heightened sense of alarm would be, well, let's figure out how to get this cult. The, the question in my mind and the concern in the back of my mind is the culture around here right now that we're going to introduce the puppy to. Let's start to shape that and make sure that it's going to be desirable instead of waiting till the puppy gets here. And the whole time, first off, I'm going to take some stress off of your mind because if you don't, you're going to wait for the next three months worrying about the culture when I bring the puppy in. And then when the puppy comes here, you're going to go, I really got to change it because I see already what's what it's doing to the puppy. So I look at it and go be proactive instead of reactive. And so we're going to start I think you start looking at what can we what can we start doing to shape the world we live in now at home to to welcome this puppy in and hit the ground running. I think those are questions and I don't know those answers because I don't know what goes on there and I don't know what those concerns are. But whatever those concerns are, that's what I would address. Yeah, yeah. So like our dog now is place trained. Um, yep. There are times where our, our dog now does have free room of the house. Like now that he's older and he's he's sure. he's, he's calm, he yeah. knows the expectation now in the house. So like when we're watching TV, if he sidles up to the side of the couch by me, yeah, and, and he'll lay down at my feet, right? Like that that's okay. He's sure. Not always on place. Yeah. Right. Things like well, it just I think it's just an anxiety. It's like an apprehension, like. Um, bringing in another dog. I, I don't know if it's the concern. I think it's the, con- it's the unknown. I yeah. think that's what has me kind of stressed is like the unknown of not having two dogs. Sure. 
Sure. And you won't, and you won't know until you do. But I think what, I think one thing I will say is this, based on what you've told me about that first year of hunting, uh, what's going on in your house right now with that dog sounds like the dog's off to a pretty good start like a real good start actually so i look at that and so i'm telling you this not only because it's what i'm observing but it's also to kind of give you something to think about and build off of as well as you probably got a pretty damn good one right now like in, yeah. comp- in there's a lot of people that are listening right now that probably are going hell i'd trade for what he just described with his other dog and, and be real happy. So I know the grass is always greener on the other side. I know we can always get better. And I, and I, I think that's a good, um, I think that's a, that's a good thing to have. It's a good trait to have is to constantly wanting to improve. But I also have gotten pretty, um, aware more recently to recognize when things go good, it's okay to say, that's pretty good. Enjoy it for a minute. Don't get hung up on it and get such a big head that you go, oh, I, you know, it's what's what, what, where trouble comes in is when we start thinking we, we got it all. We know it all. That's when things creep up on us. So I would say, enjoy the little wins and appreciate them, but then look at it and go, now, how do I get that to the next level? Because I, I will be honest, I'll, I could give you a dozen examples of things that have happened to me with my dogs over the last uh, probably five years. Let's take relatively recent times. The last five years versus uh, you could really, it could really multiply if you looked at the last ten or fifteen years of dog stuff for me. But the last five years alone, if you backed up five years ago, I probably would have felt pretty good about where I was with with dogs as far as being able to turn them out and and have them be what I thought to be very good. If you looked in comparison to the ten years prior. Now, I look back on the last five years and I can give you tons of examples where I go, man, I remember when all I wanted to do was say, I'd like to be able to do this, this, and this with them. And today I'm doing that and going, that's that I really need to be able to do this, this, and this with them. Like I want to be able to go beyond. So I don't know that you should ever settle and be like, ah, we're as good as we're going to get because you never are. But I also think, you know, the, the idea of, I I didn't get from where from five years ago. I didn't get from that point to here, in like one big jump. It I I I I took a bunch of steps to get to it. And one specific example is I, I go to my dad's property. It's up north where he lives now, and there's a, it's a big it's a relatively big chunk of land. Ten it's ten acres. It's got woods. It's got different types of woods. It's got all this stuff. And I used to set up these trailing memories in and I've. I remember setting them up and trying to do them with my dog and it was too big of a memory and it was just too challenging for them. It was too many cover changes and it was just, it was, it, my dog wasn't able to do it. And I remember saying at the, that was in the beginning of the summer, it was about this time in the spring. And I remember saying by the end of the summer, I'd like to be able to do this with my dog. So I, I worked pretty hard at it when I would go up there and I slowly added levels to it of, of complexity. And by the end of the summer, I was doing it really easily. And I thought to myself, God, it wasn't that long ago I looked at this as my end goal of what I really want to get to. Then I started, by the end of the summer, I looked at it and I went, this is pretty easy for my dogs. I actually need to get, I'm doing stuff double and triple that size now. But back then, if when I started with that idea, if I had said, I want to do double or triple that, I'd have just been overwhelmed. Where I, instead, I just went a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. By the end of summer, I went, well, that's not really that challenging anymore for me or my dog. 
So a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Now I come in there and I, I need a bigger, I need more than 10 acres because it's, it's not big enough for us right now. So it's, it, it's something you're going to look back on and go, these big things that look big mountains, mountains today are little hills in five years or in a year or, you know, whatever the time is. Keep it in mind because it's constant and, and you're always looking to get up that next bigger mountain. I am anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think we're very similar that way. It's it's uh, I want to get from A to Z, but I like you always say it's A to B, B to C, yeah. C to D, right? For, like once you're there, okay. How now? What's the next step? Like right. I, I, that's how I am in life. Everything I do, right? Very. I'm very goal oriented. Yeah, life, so. yeah. And that's and and that the thing that's going to come up probably is A to B, B to C, C to D, all the way to Z. The thing that's going to come up is what? How do I get from, you know. E to F. Like, I'm not sure where that, you know, and and so those are the things where information wise, you know, that's where resources like, like our podcasts, our YouTube stuff, that's where I hope to help people by filling in those gaps because giving them ideas of how they can make some of that fill. So, yeah, no, it's, it's nice that you have the live, the surprise up, the Bella be good, the Cody go backs. um, They're all a little different. They're all different. Even with Cedar. I mean, yeah, um, right. Like, Little things I watch and I like I watch them and I go, oh, that's maybe something. Oh, I've noticed my dog does that. Maybe I should try that. Right, right, right. To, to, to fix something or or oh, I could incorporate that to 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 work on. Sure, and that's and that's a good way of looking at it because the the it's not. And I hope I don't I hope I don't put this out to people in this way. Is Bella be good is not a um, manual on how to train your dog. It's a chapter in a big book and it's just yeah. one dog and it's just, and, and things changed with Bella through the series, you know, throughout the series. So like, it's not a, it's not, it's not, it, unfortunately, this isn't something that I think is just, you know, read this one book and it tells you how to do everything. Cause not, it, it's read this one and that one and this one and that one, and don't use them all word for word. You take, take bits and pieces and plug it in where it plugs in for you. So good um and then i have a question it's i'm sure there's going to be a quite a problem that most hunting guys are gonna be like i wish i had that problem Um, my current dog has the softest mouth in the world sure like it'll it'll it's hold condition um if 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 i don't get on it if i don't get on him and and kind of get a little gruff hold right in the field or anything He's running, and the yeah, I can see the bumper move. Yeah, like when he's running, right, and then what happens is it moves, and then he wants to chomp on it. Sure, right, um, firm up. So, so I go back up on the table. So is okay. I would go right back up on the table, and then if a dog holds so loosely, and you'll see this on some. Well, I don't even know if we posted them. We've filmed so many of them. I don't know that we, we certainly haven't posted yeah. them all. And there's a couple of dogs that I've done that have had a bit of a. a, a like their their hold is so delicate. They not they're it's not loose that it's gonna fall out, but it's it if they were to move, it would rattle around in there. So one of the things that I do is I do think you gotta firm up a little bit. Tone wise usually helps it. Because I think they become so relaxed. It's part of the, it's part of their comfort. They become so comfortable in this thing that they become kind of mm, kind of loose. And so yeah. one of the things I do is I go and I grab the dummy and I start wiggling it and I rattle it around 
And I don't think they, they'll do one of two things. They'll either open up because they go, I don't want that thing bouncing around in my mouth. Well, when they open up, I correct them. Ah, 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 because they know the idea of hold already. This isn't something I would do right away. This isn't the first thing I would do in hold conditioning. But as, like for you, your dog knows what hold means. Your dog understands that hold means I cannot drop this. That's, if, if it's, if it's been through hold conditioning, it knows, it understands when something goes in my mouth, it stays in there until they take it away from me. They tell, they tell me to spit it out. So it goes against everything that you've trained it to do right now, if it were to, fall out of their mouth so by me getting my hand up there and starting to wiggle it it starts to rattle in their teeth they've got two options they can open their mouth and spit it out but they know not to do that because they understand what hold is so what's the only other way to keep that thing from rattling around in my mouth i start to put more pressure on it so as soon as they i start wiggling that if they don't spit it out if they do spit it out it's an easy correction Ah, just like if they were spitting out the dummy on the table but as I start to wiggle it and they realize I can't spit this thing out, they'll figure something to do. They're gonna, they're not just gonna sit there and take this. It it is pressure. It's uncomfortable. So it's not pressure like a pinch or a hurt, but it's uncomfortable to feel this thing in my mouth. And so what do I do? I firm up, and you can even help them by taking your other hand and lift up under the chin. And as soon as you feel any amount of pressure on it, stop wiggling it. And so now what the dog just just put together two and two was firm firm up my grip. He stops wiggling it around and it feels better. And so you get loose with it, I start to rattle it. I'll take it and I'll start tapping it on the sides. And if it's that's kind of how I gauge a dog's that's kind of how I gauge how much pressure I want a dog to have. I want a dog to have enough pressure on it that when I take it and I tap it on the side, it doesn't slide through their mouth. But when I, I don't want it so much that, you know, I, I'll get a hold of it and I'll actually like pull their heads and I want them to move with it, but I don't, I can sense if it's too much. You can see it okay. if it's too much. Yeah. So you got the, some dogs want to just chomp. And so yeah. we need to, we need to cut that out right away. And I'll do that with a dummy. You know, the other thing is too, is dummies, like what you're using for dummies. I do not like plastic I, or rubber ones. I, the fire hose. Yeah. So the plastic or rubber ones create a lot of the issues. I see it whenever I see a dog with sloppy, a lot of times, the majority of the times, when I see dogs with sloppy delivery, it's almost always carrying one of these plastic or rubber dummies. And I go, those things are the, are, are a lot of the problem. So I do not, I do not use them. I will use them in the water occasionally. But I, even though even then I don't like doing it because then they get slippery in the water and I start forming habits there. So, but the idea of that that getting that fire hose dummy is my favorite. It feels the best. I think it feels the most lifelike. Um, I like the weight of them. I like the durability of them. So I like a lot of reasons about them. But that gives me a really good gauge of the of the proper amount of pressure on it. And if they're putting so much pressure on it that you're seeing teeth marks in it, then it's too much. So then we need to work the opposite. But yeah, I'd, I would wiggle it. And, okay. and make it so that he make it so that he understands it's gonna feel weird until I put the right amount of pressure on. When I put it the right amount of pressure on, it feels good. Yeah, because he'll go on a retrieve and he balls to the wall. Oh, doesn't blink. He picks it up and then it's just he's running and you can just see it just yeah. Just so so don't it, do it, it in it the field. Do, yeah, don't do this in the yeah, field. Put it on the table. Do it on the table. Yeah. From the table go to the ground, yeah. from the ground go to the retrieve, just like you would if you were hole conditioning. And as soon if if you're 
taking steps throughout that process and it goes back to the bad, take a step back, do it longer, yeah. do it longer. So when, when it happens is then I, even in the, like when I first noticed it, what I would do is then I, he would, I'd get him back. I'd, I'd correct it, center yeah. his mouth, sit him and then, and then get a mini delivery a couple sure. times back, yep. really good delivery, you know, and, and, so. Yeah, and that's fine, and that might actually work during those short little windows. But then when you go back out to the retrieve, it gets bad again. So yeah. let's not let's not. So what's happening there when you do stuff like that? You're getting some good stuff and then some bad stuff. And so where what comes out the average? Sometimes bad, yeah. sometimes good. So it's got to be good, 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 good before we yeah. go back to bad. And then and when you go to those retrieves, shorten them up. Like don't go to don't go to your first retrieve at thirty yards. Go to your first retrieve at seven yards, and so when yeah. they pick it up, you can be right there to firm it up if it needs to be. So and then once he does that really good, go to ten yards, and then go to twelve, and then make your way out. All right. Awesome. No, thank you. Yep. Um, uh, and then another question is um, uh, traveling. Yep. Um, with dogs. I, I know I've seen your Instagram post and I've seen your Facebook post. Um, uh, not traveling in a crate. Yeah. Right. So you, you don't, and I know a lot of people do. Rarely. I do not right now, but with two, sure. I don't, you know. Sure. So that's the reason I don't use a crate traveling. Um, majority of the time is because I have three, four dogs with me and I just physically don't have space for it. Um, I, so my dogs have, I, I ride my, I, we've got, I've got a crew cab truck. So I put the seats up in the crew cab part of it and my dogs typically, I don't let, I personally don't let my dogs ride on the seats. I don't want them. It's hard enough with the hair in the truck. So I don't have them go up on the seats. So I flip the, I flip the seats up. Mine ride on the floor, same in the front. So my dogs ride in the passenger side on the floor. My young dogs, my puppies those are going to ride on the passenger. Now, real little puppies, I'm going to put them in a kennel, but it's a small kennel. Uh, it's because I can't keep an eye on them and I can't trust them. So I'm going to put them in one of these little cat haulers, basically. I mean, they're, they're you know, I've got a bunch of them that we use for puppies over the years, but it's not a, they're going to outgrow it. And it's the kind I'm using like early on for crate training so that we're not having accidents yeah. in a big area. So yeah. I, but when they get to the point where they're too big for those kennels, then I'm going to put them on the passenger side floor and they, my dogs learn to ride there first. And then as they get older and I can develop trust, they're going to go to the back. Like Bella, Bella, the very, I bought a truck last year and the very first time I put her in that truck, she chewed the floor mat on it. And I went, Oh, you just the corner, but that's okay. And so, but it was my mistake. I left her in this un, unattended. So she, I shouldn't have. So, you know, I, I'm not going to get on her too hard about it, but I made a point of, I don't leave this dog unattended here anymore. And so it took a while by the, by the time, I mean, it wasn't much longer than that. And she had understood that's not what she's allowed to do. Um, and, and never had an issue with it after that, but my dog's right on the floor and it's because I've got multiple dogs. Okay. Yeah. So we have SUV. Yep. Um, and um, typically I have, they're in the back. My dog now is in the back. Sure. Um, and we back. just put uh, a bed in the back and he just, he knows it, it, it's the routine's been established. Yeah. So it's place. All right. Yeah. So, so with the puppy, you probably, I would use a small crate, you know, okay. for it. It's this idea of eliminating the opportunity for the dog to fail. So 
by doing that, it's the safest thing for it and for anyone else or you in the in the car. Um, if, eventually, as they grow, I just I don't use I don't I don't crate them as I'm as I'm going down the road. All right, and then now this would kind of be a uh, like your some of your pro- product question. So you have your the the place cots. Yep. Um, I, I have a large. Yep. How much bigger? So if I had, if I would buy an extra large, how much bigger is it? Uh, it's fifth. I think our, I'll have to look at the dimensions. I want to say it's 47. I think the, the medium is 35 by 23. The Ben's going to open it up here right now. Oh, perfect. Uh, medium is 35 by 23. The large is 44. And I think the, Extra large is forty seven by Ben will look it up. But oh, so, okay. what's so, so what's, what's your what's your question about it? So it's just because uh, we have a large right now for our dog and um, Yeah. And your dog's sixty five pounds? He just fits. Really? On a large. Yeah. So he but he's 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 skinny. I mean he's he's lean he's a lean dog by nature. He's not like a typical he's not a stocky lab at all. Yeah. So I was wondering if I just went to an extra large, I would just then keep the large for the new pup. Yeah, which would be which was going to be more than enough, I think. So yeah. medium uh, medium is thirty five by twenty three, large is forty by twenty five, extra large is forty four by thirty. So four, I mean, it's really big. Um, yeah, it, it it's it's not the width, it's the length. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, he's that's really big. Longer dog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's a really big one. Um, I put I've got mediums. And, um, I put two of my dogs on, uh, two of our dogs go on a medium and with plenty of room. So it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but, uh, now our dogs are a little bit smaller. How big is, how big does Josh, how big is, is mom and dad of this puppy? Uh, Pat, the, the Patty is about 61 and mom's about 52. Okay. Yeah. So they're, 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 they're small. I mean, like, yeah, like American labs are longer legged, obviously. Yeah. Right? You're going to have a 50, probably a 50 pound dog there. So, um, yeah, the large is going to be plenty big, plenty big. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. yep. All right. Um, uh, let me see. Look at my, um, questions. Um, now when, with a puppy, you feed them twice a day. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I do all my dogs twice a day. So usually okay. when they come back from the kennel, they, they may be coming off of twice a day. They may, he may be feeding them three times a day. It kind of depends. Um, I, I go to, to twice a day right away. Um, and he'll be able, Josh will be able to give you a good idea of how much yeah. each pup is probably eating. But when I get him home, I fill the bowl for him. I float the food. I get it wet for him. Um, I don't do it with every meal, but I do it probably 50% of the time. Um, I used to do it almost all the time, but I saw that their tartar buildup was getting to be more um, by, okay. by having it be wet food all the time. So by going dry, maybe 50% of the time, I do think it helps with their teeth. Um, so, but he, he'll probably be able to give you a pretty good idea of where to start. But I always look at it and I go, all right, you got a, you got a window of time that the puppy's going to eat. You get the bowl of food ready and you fill the bowl or, you know, get, get, you know, there's enough food there, water it and then put it down for the pup and go through your routine. And when the puppy stops eating, that's when I determine, okay, that's how much it's going to eat per, per, per feeding. And then the next time I adjust accordingly. So 
if I filled the bowl and the, like right now my dogs are eating, each one eats a little bit different amounts, but it's about a cup and a half twice a day. So I'm, mine are getting about three cups a day. So my if I put three cups in to start out with, it's a f- nice full bowl for them. And if the puppy ate about half of it and then stopped, I'd say, okay, next time I'm probably going to put two cups in there and feed it. And if it stops sh- just short of that, that two cups, well, then it's probably a cup and a half is what we should be giving. And then if, if it eats it all up and it wants more, it's, you know, I need, I'm, it's not enough. So I'm going to gauge over the first couple of days how much it eats in a sitting. And if it doesn't eat very much, then I'm going to cut the servings way down until it gets to the point where it eats it all up. And then maybe I'll add a little bit more and then get to find that sweet spot of where it's just the right amount. So I, I don't base it off the back of the bag. I don't base it off of, you know, any of that stuff. I and I gauge and I gauge all of this long term on the idea of so when they're puppies, I don't really gauge it on body, on the way they look. Um, I want them to be healthy looking. I don't want them to be skin and bones. Um, I don't want them to be can't move either. So, but usually a dog won't eat itself into that position. So. I let them kind of gauge that initial amount. And then as they grow up and they get into more um, of a more mature body, then I gauge how much, I gauge 100% on the four dogs I'm, I, I'm training right now. They're all fed based on how they look. And so I am okay. gauging it on, on body characteristics. Well, um, one of my dogs in, in, in metabolism is going to have to do with this. The amount of physical work, we're, obviously the calories we're burning has a lot to do with it. But I'm going to look at it and I'm going to go, this one's looking a little light for me. I'm going to maybe bump it up by half a cup you know, per day. And then I see how that goes for a week or so. And then I make decisions. I don't vary it a whole lot, but I do different times of the year. My dogs do different things and it requires a little bit of an adjustment on the, on the volume. All right. And then do you, uh, so before you go out grouse hunting, do you feed your dogs before or do you wait till after? Depends on the time of the day. So I don't grouse hunt real early in the morning. Um, I like to let the birds get off the roost. I like to let them dry, let things dry up a little bit. So I don't, um, I don't go real early. That's one of the reasons I love grouse hunting as I get older. Like I enjoy getting up and having coffee and maybe having a light breakfast. And so uh, what's that? (laughs) Bankers hours. Yeah, totally. totally. So, um, and, and we duck hunt where, you know, where we are, we duck hunt in the morning. So we might duck hunt an hour after light and then get our stuff together and then go bird hunt. So, um, if I'm going to have at least a couple hours before we're going to run them, I might give them a little bit of food in the morning. I'm not going to probably feed them the full amount. If I know I'm going to hunt them that day, I might not feed them the entire amount, but I'm going to give them something as long as they have a couple hours before we go. Cause I do think it's, um, you know, there's an old saying, hungry dog hunts best, but, um, I think that a little bit of energy, they need something to come off of, especially if it's, you know, middle of the season and they're running pretty lean to begin with. I do want them to have a little bit, um, but I'll feed them at night, um, and let, and let that in, in, you know, in the afternoon or as soon as we're done hunting, I might feed them a little earlier so that I can give them a little bit more and have them not be uncomfortable. Okay. I give yeah, them. I, just, I give them during the day. The other thing when I, that I started doing the last few years is I do give them stuff throughout the day. Um, yeah. I, I'm using this. Um, it's a pro. It's really high protein treat. I, I just bought some stuff from E3. Yes. So I just got it today in the mail. Sure. And sure. From your recommendation, yep. I want to try it before the hunting season, just so he can. I Which, can see how it. How what it, did you get? 
I got the the, the trail mix, trail trail bites, or whatever. Trail mix, yeah. yeah. Yep. And yep. then it was one of the kits. I got the the stogies too, the beef okay. stogies. Yep. Yep. The kit. Um, I so I I um I like those protein poppers. I like the trail mix, and there's another one that I like. Um, okay. and like beef tricky or something. It's in there, yeah. That's in that trait in that trail mix. But there's they're they're real high in protein, um, and yeah. I've I have found I really thought I really think I noticed a, a really positive difference. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense to me that as you're running throughout the day to get a little boost of energy, um, it it I do it. I mean, when I'm hunting, I'm I'm gonna stop and eat a candy bar, and you know it gives me a burst. So um, I, yeah, that's I that's something it. I started doing that I I think is really been a positive all right yeah no thank you i appreciate that yeah because yeah. i always wrestled i know um i hear advice people say oh your lab if you feed your your lab before they're 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 prone to bloat and all these things yeah i think you got to be careful i think you don't feed right away i mean you don't hunt right after you feed them um yeah. you know i think there's all sorts of stuff that can happen there negatives with twisting the stomachs and all that so um but if i got a couple hours I'm okay giving them something. I, I, I just don't, not a full, I'm not going to give them a full bowl. And I think, right. I actually think that the dehydration part is a big, a big influence or a big factor when it comes to their performance. I really think we got to keep those dogs watered well. So yeah. that's, that's something that I definitely increased the amount of water during the fall. All right. Almost to the point of like, I can't get them to drink enough. You know, okay. I, I let them gauge that, but I'm going to always make sure that I'm giving them options for water. So, right. so we're you're from Wisconsin. I'm from Wisconsin. Are you a bourbon or a brandy, old fashioned guy? Oh, man, it depends on the it depends on the on the on the supper club, my friend. I we uh we're 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 big supper club people. So we are too. We are too. We uh we've got the books. One of the one of the things for our wedding was we we got the the two supper club books, and we're trying. We have a ten year plan to go to every one of them in the book. Um, and so I get, I always judge the, uh, the, the old fashions at the supper clubs. That's part of mine. We write in the book and all that stuff. So, um, but I, I am a, if I go brandy, I usually go brandy sour. And if I go whiskey, I usually go whiskey sweet and I go on kicks. I don't know that I'm so loyal to one or the other. Um, I'll go into a place and I'll have a, I'll have a whiskey sweet and I'll, I'll, it, it'll be so good that I'll, I'll order whiskey sweet going forward for a few supper clubs. And then all of a sudden I'll have one that I didn't like that much. So then I go switch and I go to a brandy sour, brandy old fashioned sour. And then, but I always go with cherries and mushrooms. That's my, uh, See, my so I'm a cherry guy. And my wife's a mushroom person. Yeah. So. I go both, man. I get greedy. Yeah. What's the place we went to in Schwartz's? Schwartz's. Yeah. Have you guys gone to work? Yeah. No, so. that that's, isn't that the one with the big uh, cow silhouette? I, I don't. We went there. We went to go see a comedy show with my my parents, and we went there on a whim. And it was it's like in the middle of nowhere. Is it on a lake? Is that one on a lake? No, it's in. Yeah, it's over by Fond du Lac. It's okay. just south of you guys. Okay. No, I yeah, we've not. I, it's in the book. It's, it's in the book. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. And then, when you are you a fish fry or prime rib guy? Oh, right? prime. I'm prime rib. I'm a. I'm usually. We're usually a Saturday. Um, okay. And and so I'm right. usually either ribeye or or prime rib if they have it. Um, but right. we've there's a few that we do fish we do fish at. But um, okay. I'm a my wife is big baked. She'll do baked haddock. She like that's okay. kind of her go to. 
Um, yeah. But I'm a I'm a steak guy. If I'm going to supper club, I'm a steak guy. But I do we'll do some of the stuff that they like if they've got specials. Uh, I do a um, I'm not usually a pork pork or a pork chop guy, but if you ever go to, if you're ever up in uh, Sugar Camp, there's one called the White Stag. It's kind of by our cabin. Uh, All right. They have a really good smoked pork chop. It's like it's one of their specialties, and it's like it's unbelievable. So Ben's had that one. I took him there. He put a roof on my cabin with me, and we we went there, and that's that's really good. Hard to beat. <laughs> but uh, so I'll go to when I go to I'll I'll look it up, especially in the book, or we'll do some online research, and we'll try to figure out like what are they known for. And I I like yeah. to do that. I had duck once. I think that's a big supper club thing. And so I had the duck once, and I don't think I'd ever do that again. Um, it, it's to me, I go, man, that wasn't that wasn't what I came to the supper club for. So, but yeah, no, I always I want old fashioned in a, a steak. Oh yeah, or a prime rib. Yeah, right, depending. Yeah, yeah, totally. So cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I just 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 curious, you know. Yeah. Because I, I was in the navy. I served in the navy for a few years, and I thank you for Friday, your service, I, man. Oh, you're welcome. The first Saturday, first Friday night, I look at some of my buddies on base and go, hey, let's go get a fish fry and a beer. And they look at me and they go, what the hell is a fish fry? Right, right. Yeah, it's a very yeah. cultural thing. And I love the I love the culture about it. That's one of the one of my favorite parts about the Midwest. I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you uh, reaching out and responding to my daughter. I mean, she was. She was over the top. She's a, a big a dog trainer as, uh, as as I am, and she loves it. And great. She she waits patiently on for the alert for YouTube for the the Cali series. Awesome. So well, we appreciate we really appreciate what you you guys are doing for support for us and um, keep yeah. me posted. Keep let me know how things go and and obviously reach out when when things come up. So. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Wonder Boy, I like the staff, by the way. No problem. <laughs> yeah, we I got I got to bring it back. I He's trim it up. Uh, don't don't put fuel on his fire. <laughs> don't put fuel on his fire. All right, no, man. Good. We'll see you. All right. Take, it easy. Take Thank care. Thank you so much. You bet.